Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. So Joel just announced, well, you tell it. I've I've never shied away from the fact that I'm a I'm a fucking thief. You're a fucking thief. Okay, so I have my rainbow. I'm the thief here. Mug. Uh, yeah, I have a rainbow mug. That, yes. You know, you know. I think I think every household in the late '70s to mid '80s had to have this mug. You I'll think? Take a photo. Yeah, I you think, sure? yeah. Because I remember I remember having one like this, or my mom having one like this, or something very similar. Anyway, case in point. A couple of uh, we 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 have a coordinator position between two department two performing arts departments of the place that I work, and a couple of uh, workers ago in that position, I, my brain isn't working. Yeah, me either. I she was using this mug, and I'm pretty sure she just got it from the break room, right? And I and I was like, oh yeah, I love that mug. Like I had that when I was a, you know, my mom had that when I was a kid or whatever, whatever. And she just gave it to me on her way out, like oh. when she left. Yeah. So she stole it. I didn't steal it. Yeah, you didn't steal it. That was a gift. It was a gift that may it have was been a gift. Stolen. It's a hot mug. <laughs> All alert, Interpol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a photo of it and and I'm gonna put a poll up. If you had. If you grew up in the late 70s to, you know, to 1989, did you have this mug in your home? Because I feel like an overwhelming amount of people had that mug in their home. I did not have that mug in my home. Well, fuck you, Steve. It's not my fault. <laughs> That's true. That's not. I don't blame you. I don't blame Whatever. you. Whatever. It kind of sounds like you, you, you just did a little bit. I did. I did it for effect, though. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I can live with that. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. <laughs> Morning. It is, it's we're we're recording at a ungodly hour right now. Yeah, like ten o'clock on a Sunday. It's ridiculous. It's so Nobody ugly. should be active at this time, unless you, well, I guess some people go to church. I watched a Formula One race. I was wondering. I was going to ask if you watched that race. I did. I watched the French Grand Prix. Did it? it who won? How uh, it? Max Verstappen once again. Charles Leclerc from Ferrari was he led the race for the first 16 laps or so and then wrecked. Oh, bummer. And that was actually some of the most exciting racing that I've seen thus far is because Verstappen was on Leclerc's uh, rear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the whole time. Like they were fighting it out. Those two guys. It was pretty intense. Did they, both have, did they both have the one two position then? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So it was neck and neck and uh it sounds like there may have been a mechanical issue with Leclerc's car because he just spun out and he said over the radio something to the effect of I couldn't unthrottle. Oh, like the like the gas stuck? Stuck, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's so we'll see. That'll all come out later. But yeah, it was a I mean it was good. It was a good Can race. You, I I I you know what we've talked about that that Netflix series and like uh -huh. can you imagine being strapped into that rocket? that close to the pavement going that fast uh up to 210 miles an hour and your throttle getting stuck yeah well yeah the 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 um 
safety mechanisms in those cars are quite amazing. In the last year, I've watched a car get torn in half and turn into a ball of fire mm-hmm. and the driver walk away from it. Yeah, it's wild. I've seen a car get torn in half and thrown against not one, not two, but three fences and then land on its top, you know, upside down and the driver walk away from it. Is that it's pretty much because they make everything around the cockpit like well i i just remember this from from indie racing so it could be different in formula one and this was a long time ago but they pretty much make everything but the capsule that the driver's in like if if you wreck it all just falls yeah apart. pretty so much yeah. so there's nothing stiff right because if anything's too stiff like it could get it could get worse so everything just yeah. sort of breaks apart collapses like yeah, yeah. Well, and the big, uh, the thing that has saved multiple lives just in the last couple of years is what they call the halo, which yeah. is this kind of roll cage that goes around the driver's head. And that's a relatively new thing. I don't know exactly when it was implemented, but a lot of teams fought against it because they aesthetically, they thought it didn't look great. Mm-hmm. But just since I've started getting into this, it's saved multiple decapitations. Right. So, right. and everybody's like, yeah, okay. The halo's all right now. I guess we'll keep the halo. We guess we'll keep the halo. I don't, I, I've, I peeped in on a, um, on an indie race yesterday and i don't think the indie cars have halos really but i mean a lot mo- like 80 percent of indie tracks are like just like nascar track you know what i mean they're not yeah, they're, not, they're, right. not, they're not doing that crazy street shit like formula one does yeah yeah i don't i mean it's a different ball it's a different ball game it's a not even a ball game at all it's a different it's a different race man i got they got a different it's- they got they got a different horse in that race whatever <laughs> that's too early for dissecting i yeah i was gonna but it's all the it's not too early for dissecting um movies yeah let's what what movie we well we have- i want to hear so your wife kirsten yep. turned me on to marcel the shell yeah years ago like years yeah. ago yeah a decade probably yeah or more and i love marcel yes just the <laughs> the persistent cute patheticness and just but persistence you know yes, yes. so it, and, it, and it's a it's a shell it's a little shell with googly eyes and a shoe yeah two shoes two shoes two, one, two, one two, eye one eye two, two shoes, shoes. <laughs> and these little vignettes with marcel are just so wonderfully what's the word i'm looking for they're delightful they're they're whimsical they're un in, in, there's a, there's an element of sadness yeah there's a melancholy to there's it. a melancholy that's what i yeah thank you yeah there's a melancholy um and and, and there's also an uncanniness to it because they they are it's like it's a it's a shell that's <laughs> Uh, that's alive right that's animated in stop in a stop motion way yeah but also like it it sleeps in its bread room so it's got like bread as a bed but yeah and it and its pet is a ball of lint that it pulls around with twine right so like there's this uncanny performative nature of all these tiny objects oh my gosh for those of you that don't know marcel the shell with shoes on is a (laughs) series of viral videos that kind of like kind of popped right around the time youtube was really taken off yeah yeah and it was this artist this 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 filmmaker that made a series of these short little films with a shell that was sort of animated um i think there was some digital animation with 
its mouth and stuff maybe but most yeah, of it maybe. Is just stop motion so there's this little seashell that moves around and has this tiny little life and it's fun and it's cute right and kirsten just loved it because of the cute factor too it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's really witty and it's kind of sad and cute um but uh like about what six months ago a year ago there was like a trailer that came out that they had made a feature-length film okay and, so you went and saw this film so yes we we actually we actually on our way into the theater walked by uh past guest jeremy eberly and our mutual friend casey bowling and oh wow and uh jt and miranda's boys coming out of thor right so everybody's coming out of thor everybody was going to thor the thor yeah. was the reason to be there right yeah and there was honestly a little part of me was like i kind of want to see thor and Kier's like no we're going to marcel the shell with shoes on and we had the place like there was a couple people from the meeting that joined us uh-huh and we had the entire theater to ourselves i'm sure you did it was awesome I'm, I'm sure it was. So I'm sitting there and it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to settle in for this. And I guess long story short, uh, they, they reused some of the bits from the viral videos, which was yeah. fun to see again. Right. Right. But then this story took off where it was, I'm, tr- I'm going to try to like rapid fire um, uh, theme spray. What was going on in this film? So there's, you know, ingenuity and um, perseverance and uh, impermanence, grief, um, social media and the pitfalls of that. So the pitfalls of fame, um, uh, true connection, community, um, whimsy, obviously. Wait, so you're talking about Thor again? No. <laughs> No, this was all in Marcel the Shell with Oh. Shoot. It was of course this, it was. I was I cried at the end. I mean, it was it was heartfelt and beautiful and uh it, so you're it was sure like, you're not talking about Thor. I am a hundred percent not I did not see Thor. Okay. Unless somebody dosed my Diet Coke. Yeah. That was definitely Marcel the Shell. Okay. Well, I believe that that all tracks. It was fucking gorgeous, dude. And I highly recommend I mean that was the thing. It was like, you know. In the last few years, I have not been to a lot of movies in the movie theater. And if mm-hmm. I go, it's because I'm going to see some big ride, right? Like yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. The, the Top Gun movie or a Marvel movie or something like that. I'm like, well, if I'm going to go be in the same room with people and spend this kind of money, I want to be, I, I want to be entertained, you know? Right. And it was so nice to just see this piece of, of art, you know, this, this, this really kind of rudimentary animation. Although I think there's probably more com- complex shit going on in making that movie. And I want to look into that. Sure. It was just a heart. I mean, Kirsten and I just kept talking about it, like how heartfelt it was and how heart opening it was and how important it was. And um, it's this beautiful story of this. I mean, and she was like, why do we connect to this shell? And I'm like, well, this shell that Marcel the shell is us as a child, like experiencing playfulness and wonder, but also mm-hmm. like not really wanting to step out of their own little corner of the world. There's this one scene where the filmmaker who interviews Marcel takes Marcel to the top of like the Griffith Park in LA and he can see all the houses because he lives in this little house, right? Right. Little, little house that nobody's in. And <laughs> And it's been turned into an Airbnb and people come and go and and like, he never leaves. Right. Right. 
he's looking out at like the whole San Fernando Valley and LA all in 360 degrees. And he's like, just can't take it all in. And I had this moment of like looking at the recent images from that space telescope. Like, how do you even, where do you put the fact that there are clusters of galaxies, you know? Yeah. So you kind of, I was kind of like, well, we, we see, we see the world through Marcel Marcel's eyes because he's small and, can't really think outside of the box but when he does it really hits him and he's got his own little weird way of doing things but he also likes to just be playful and have fun and we kind of want that still it's there's a lot going on in that movie and i highly recommend it because it's beautiful it's really heartfelt and and amazing and some people won't want to spend the money to go see in the theaters which i totally get but when it comes out to stream or rent or whatever um definitely see it because it's uh, as soon as perfect. I saw that, I'm like, well, I'm going to watch that. Please watch that. Oh, I'm. it's yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to go see it in the theater, but I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Do your girls know about Marcel the show? I don't remember, honestly. And we may have watched it at some point in time, but I, I don't remember. I think they would. I think I, they would. Dig it. Yeah, they dig it. They dig it. Well, so I think that's, you know, this is the. um. I think the first person that actually verbalized something that I'd felt for quite a while, but couldn't quite put my finger on, and frankly, wasn't on top of my list of things to think about, but was, uh, I think Mark Maron was the first person that basically said, fuck Marvel. <laughs> yeah. And and that whole situation. And at first I was kind of like, well, I like some of those movies. Yeah. But his, the point that he continues to make is that, those movies are a cancer on mm. society mm. because of the, I mean, yeah, we, it's a ride. You said it the best. It's a ride, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, and Hey, we've had the Disney discussion, the Disney theme park discussion. Yeah. Which it's a moral conundrum. Love being uh, there. Uh, yeah. I hate it until I walk through the gates. Exactly. Right. I hate and I, all of that out here. <laughs> Right. But as soon as I fucking walk into the gates and I <laughs> and I sit my happy ass down on Space Mountain. Yep. All bets are off. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's the <laughs> happiest place on Earth. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. why? Because there's nothing complicated about it. Right. There's right. nothing complicated about it emotionally. There's nothing. Well, except for the waiting in line part. But, you know, you just kind of accept but- that. But that's the thing. Like I've I've waited in line at Six Flags and I've waited in line at Disney Parks. Waiting in line at Disney Parks is way better. Is a whole experience too. Yeah. That well, they like, do that on purpose. Yeah, you wait an hour and a half in the in the line for Indiana Jones and you feel like you're being considered from soup to nuts. Right. Right. Yeah. We're waiting in line at Worlds of Fun is literally just waiting in line. Yeah. It's and a, being bombarded by ads on some TV thing. It's a hellscape. It's a hellscape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but like that's, but there's no, and that's, I guess the point of course, is that you leave all of your cares behind and all your problems are solved for you mm. before you even know they exist really. Yeah. And that's, and everything is perfectly clean because mm-hmm. all of the service stuff is happening underground. You know, you never see a worker taking a smoke break, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. You, you never see somebody trunging in to clock in, you know, even the people you can, even the you people can, doing sweeping up the sidewalks are in character. They're performing. Well, they're all called cast members. They're, they're all cast members. Yeah. And, and so and, uh, go and ahead. 
Well, I, that's what I love about, you know, di- I've only been to Disneyland. I haven't been to Disney World and I will go to Disney World because Disney World, I mean, oh, buddy, the star, <laughs> I, I will totally go. I will absolutely go someday. It's, the, Disneyland is like this. It's like this really self-contained. Yeah. Small thing where Disney World goes on forever. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. They have a they have a whole Star Wars land. I have to go. Sure. That's why I love Disneyland though because it was like they built it in sort of this bowl. So like even when you're in the park you can't really see anything outside. You can't you don't know right. that you're in Anaheim, California. Like Right. It's great. But well, it's also I mean, awful. Disney World <laughs> is is similar except for the fact it's not cuz it's in a bowl, it's cuz it's in a swamp. Yeah. And right. they own however many hundreds of thousands of square yards of I mean, it just goes on. Like, if you look off in the distance, what you see is Disney World. You see the Epcot Center, you know, like it's it's just that huge. Yeah. But that so that's back to the Marvel thing. And don't, yes. I, I've enjoyed some Marvel movies. I've even mm-hmm. enjoyed the first maybe even two Thor movies. Yeah. Accepting them for what they are. Sure. But there's a part of me that uh, you I mean, you you said it just a few minutes ago everybody was there to see thor yeah nobody's there to see marcel lachelle right nobody gives a shit about marcel lachelle except for the five people that were in the theater right right and and that to me like what what do we need more of right now i here's i'm gonna push i i disagree fine (laughs) that's that's what makes good i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying i i don't agree i think I think that there's a there's always been a place. I mean, if you think back to like, I don't know. I I think that I, Ethan Hawke actually recently had an interview where they were kind of because he recently did he joined the Marvel Cinematic Universe a because I'm sure he got a fat paycheck and b yep. because his he was in, I mean he's at a point where he can probably pass on shit he doesn't want to do, um, but the, he was in the recent Moon Knight uh, series on disney plus and i loved it and i love ethan hawk and i kind of respect him as a performer as an artist as a writer as a director all of that shit true but he was like you know people want to poo poo the idea of these big blockbuster movies being artistic and and i guess yeah it's on one level it's a ride but on the other level it's fucking fascinating the technology and the cinematic creation that they're making it's not it's not like they're just shitting into a bag and saying, you know, eat this. It's like, I don't know. I, I think that there's why there's a place for all of it, but it's very clear that in, you know, in general terms, people want to spend the money. I mean, I'm totally guilty of it. If I'm going to go to the movies for the most part and drop the coin on it, I'm going to, I kind of will tend to say, well, I want to see that in the theater. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. This is funny. The recent like Top Gun, it was fucking amazing, right? The new Top Gun, amazing. But also halfway through the movie, I'm sitting there thinking, my taxes have already paid for this Air Force or Navy commercial, right? You know, I'm like, this is a recruit. Straight up right wing. It's like straight up right wing propaganda. Yeah, but it was a blast. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's nihilistic. I'm like, fuck it. You know, like it was, it's also, it almost has to be at this point. It has to be. Yeah. It has. Yeah. Here's, here's a review 
from the Seattle Times. And to be fair, my sister sent me this. To be fair, it was this guy's last review for the Seattle Times, so he right. wanted to make it a ripper. Yeah. But he says, uh, <laughs> the pacing is so speedy and sloppy, the movie feels like it was edited by an algorithm. Chris Hemsworth, who played the Norse God of Thunder straight-faced for several movies before cracking a smile in Ragnarok, has now left behind any semblance of restraint or understanding of comedic timing. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Love and Thunder is deeply cynical. It doesn't pretend to enjoy doing this yet again. When Bale is corrupted by an evil god-killing sword in an alien Garden of Eden, it's ho-hum, although Bale is okay. When Natalie Portman picks up Thor's broken hammer and it transfers the god's power to her, there's no sense of wonder, and Portman's not even pretending to enjoy this. Worse, the director's babbling, satirical screenplay makes it feel like he's mocking you for believing another Thor movie could be good. <laughs> is that Was that directed in, Was that directed by... Uh, what? Wait, TT? Yeah. Whom I love. He says Thor four is the worst Marvel movie because it's not a movie. It's content. Ooh, that's scathing. Right. And that's not, I mean, he's probably not wrong. So like I went, I I'm a sucker like Kirsten and I, we went through the whole Marvel cinematic universe during the pandemic and it was wonderful and fun. Sure. But it was also uh, during a pandemic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, we're going to, yeah. Let him watch Marvel. Like, I, you watched Marvel. I got chickens exactly (laughs) but like i don't know i mean i'm not trying to be um devil's advocate just for the sake of the podcast i I, come on joel let's create create some content let's create some content uh the the most recent um dr strange which i thought the first dr strange movie and if you guys hate marvel just like you know get out of here screw it or stick around for Steve's scathing review, but and I'm I like, I haven't we're going to go there. So sure, the, sure. the first Dr. Strange, I thought was pro- probably one of the best Marvel movies. Like they'd finally hit a stride, right? Like I thought that the Iron Man stuff was a little popcorn and what I, it was supposed to be. Right. Sure. Yeah. But Dr. Strange, I thought was this really great, beautiful journey where they used a lot of the same special effects that were used in like movies like Inception. And, and it was really powerful and interesting and spiritually I don't know. I had a lot of spiritual questions to it. And Kirsten and I okay. talked about that a lot. But the most recent Doctor Strange was that it, w- it was like a blender of ideas. And it yeah. was like completely, I, I mean, and I saw like the timeline, like Marvel has put out a timeline of the shit they're going to be putting out. And I'm like, it does look like they're jumping the shark, but I also will probably watch most of it. Well, that's like I started, we watched the, um, Oh God! No, I just lost it. It was a series with the uh, where they went through the the TV show thing where it went through the decades. Oh, Wandavision. Wandavision. Yeah, and like that was kind of interesting for a few minutes, but I got to a point where I was like, I don't care about this. Mm. I mean, it was kind of interesting for a minute, but then the when they start turning to witches and whatever, and the, I just I like uh, I don't I just don't care. Wait, did you? So did you leave? did you leave the plot line when it started to turn into the trope of good versus evil? Now we yeah. have a villain. Is that where you kind of I mean, got yeah, off? I, I finished. I mean, I finished it, but I didn't care about it. Mm. It didn't. I, I wasn't actually engrossed in it or I was completely checked out of that relationship. <laughs> yeah. Huh? 
like whatever i guess i'll see how it ends because i've invested this much in it but i just it didn't like why do i care about this i i I think that's i kind of i don't know if i felt similarly but i definitely could see that the interesting the interesting setup and the aesthetic of the different eras of you know sitcom tv that was fascinating that was great i enjoyed that and so the artistic idea was really cool, but they're like, well, this also is a superhero experience. We need to, we need to tie it up and right. so we have a villain. We got to have an epic battle. You know, we've got to tie this up. So it kind of, it has to fall back. And that's, that that's where I was like, uh, okay, so there's one of three ways this is going to play out. Maybe there'll be a plot twist. I don't see coming, but I don't even care about that. Mm. I thought like, for example, what's the actress that played Kitty on uh that 70s show her scene where she oh, kind of has the oh. like the the mental skip yeah like i that was that was right up there with the best twilight zones yeah. which was yeah. what it was you know an homage to really for sure for sure um uh, like that i thought was amazing but when it got into the, whatever the dark witch and all the purple smoke and all that i'm like i yeah. just don't i just don't care and she and that character the dark the the what is it the red witch or the the fire i don't know Who she the became, fire woman thing like, she became she became the villain in the most recent doctor strange and 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 i kind of felt similarly i was like oh, this seems like a real forced scenario here and it, it yeah. i mean ah, i don't know it's like uh well it's like when it comes to fandoms i mean maybe maybe this will get people to actually email us because the same i doubt it i, I, I doubt, doubt it, it. <laughs> Uh, the email is ttbbpodcast at gmail.com. Anybody that wants to comment. Um, Nailed it. Uh, I, hear, I think and you I, should put up an Instagram poll. Uh, just um, fuck Marvel, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. Or MCU or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because the, the the amount of people, I mean, I, I, I've mentioned it here. It's no, it's no secret. I love Star Wars and I'm kind of a, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a slut for anything Star Wars, right? Sure. And uh, there's been a lot of conjecture, really dark comments about the direction of Star Wars universe becoming more diverse and all that. There's a lot of fucking racist people in the Star Wars. Oh, yeah. There's also people that are like kind of like me. That's like, well, I'm glad it didn't die. You know, let's make it. Let's see it. But also some of it's not that great. You know, it all comes now. It's under the umbrella of Disney. Like Disney owns both Marvel and Star Wars, and it's this this rabid fandom. And it's like we've got you. Like we're gonna make rides for it. We're gonna pump it into your house. We're gonna yep. sell you shit. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna, you know, you're gonna and, take this and like it. And I think that's that's part of my point is that that's the cancerous element of it. Yeah. Is that that juggernaut where it's just all the time, everywhere, across all the platforms, whatever, all you see is Star Wars and Marvel. And meanwhile, Marcel's standing there with his shoes in his eye yeah. saying, like, I'm I'm actually valid. Yeah. And 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 that the Marvel Star Wars machine goes, fuck you, shell stomp. Right. Right. Like, that's it. Yeah. And then so then what people think is and this is the the deeper issue is the decline of people to be able to think critically and have heartfelt feelings in this country. Yeah. And right. that's where the problem is because in the Marvel universe and the Star Wars universe 
you just kind of get taken for the ride. And if there's even the slightest inkling of like, for example, an actual emotion mm -hmm. or moral conundrum, that's not like, Oh, is he going to turn on where it's like this really kind of clean thing intellectually? Yeah. It's a razor thing. It's, that, it's that if it, if it forces you to actually think for a minute and actually have a feeling it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's um and, and that that is a super, that is that is a problem. It's super prescribed. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's like very, it's, not, it's, it's it's not void of compassion, it's telling you exactly how to think and feel. Yeah. It's and, it's it's sort of the what is, you know, it's the um oh my god. What did what did Nietzsche call the call religion it's sort of the oh the opiate of the masses it's the opiate of the masses, right 100 percent. yeah and that and that and that's the same way i feel about the marvel universe and it's the same way i feel about star wars yeah well th that's th that's the that's the hard part though because if you think about how, i mean i think i, I still see I, I should i should clarify star wars from the last since disney bought it basically see i it's, have it's just content I have conflicting feelings about that. I know you do because you're. I, I, I'm, I'm a fanboy. And dude, I saw. I grew up during the first. I know. The, you know, like that was. I mean, when Star Wars hit, I was a kid. Yeah. Saw yeah. all the movies, you know. Yeah. And when they re released the first three or the middle three, whatever the hell they are, I yeah. went and saw them again. And I yeah. loved them just as much. And I right. love them still today. Yeah. yeah. But all the rest of it like i made it two-thirds of the way through the mandalorian mostly because of the grogu you know right, see I, right. I know that name so there's right. that there you go Not just baby yoda you know right there you go like i can love the shit out of grogu but a lot of the rest of it i'm like yeah i don't that's not really doing it for me yeah i i had this i the had cgi this... and the big things and the space stuff and the big creatures and i'm like i just don't care about any of it I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm still, it, 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 it lights a, a childlike fire within me. That is, that is something that I, I kind of honor and protect. And I, I, I have criticism of some of it, um, but I still see like in the good, the good stuff. Right. So like, you know, it, this was a little pre Disney, but it also kind of bridged the Disney takeover of star Wars is the clone wars animated series. There is Lucas, George Lucas, and uh, oh my God, I can't remember, Dave Filoni, who sort of produced it, were like really, really close. And George mm -hmm. Lucas had a lot to say about the Clone Wars. So I really loved, I mean, that was, and that's become canon, and their build off of that's great. Um, the Bad Batch is sort of a continuation of the Clone War stuff. Really cool. I also started reading the books, right? So the, the reason I'm going on this diatribe about that is that reading both the legend books and the newer canon books i think does kind of insert by proxy some of that critical thinking about star wars so that when i watch the movies i'm like oh yeah that's just one of the storylines that i can either get on or get off but i i have a broader understanding of this whole religion oh my god <laughs> oh, there it is it just, it just hit me there it is I just felt I feel uh -huh. like an evangelist, like, uh -huh. you know, you can go to church and just worship and pray. But if you're not reading the good book, if you're not, re <laughs> if you're not reading the old legend, you know, 
you're not reading the original Thrawn series, then uh, you can't really <laughs> claim to be a believer in the Force. <laughs> I need a minute. I need a minute. I, I don't know. I think I just, when I see that Star Wars logo, I'm kind of like. You get all I, giddy, don't you? I, yeah, it's like, a Yeah. I totally am. And I'm not that way with Marvel because I didn't really grow up reading comic books. Yeah. And I see, I know people like I know people that obsessive about comic books have a garage full of them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, yeah. And so I I, and I I, I, we should get one of them on to talk about how they feel about what Disney's doing to the to the comics. I I would love that. I know a guy. I know a guy. I got a guy. Let's do it. And he he actually kind of listens to us. It's uh my cousin Brian down in Texas. Hi Brian, I'm gonna hey, reach Brian. out to you because he's. I, I would love to hear um his take on all of this because because he, he's like he, a he's an OG okay yep comic that's, collector before any of this movie business started. That's what I want to know because like mm-hmm. my I can recall in my early high school years my. I guess ex stepdad um, <laughs> became an incredibly rabid comic book collector. And I, re- huh. I remember hearing all of these, not just the Avengers, like he would tell me about the Avengers, but he would also tell me about all these obscure, you know, uh, all, all, all of that. And I was like, it didn't really get me. Like, I think he kind of wanted me to get into yeah, it, but yeah, I, yeah. it just never really grabbed me. I, comic books in me just never really worked, but I would love to hear, brian's is it brian Do you say yeah brian? yeah mm-hmm. brian's take on that somebody who's you know kind of like a, a scholar of uh he would most definitely be that yep that'd be interesting and he worked as a like remember the old mighty morphin power rangers deal where they had where they had the rainbow stripes and they would turn into whatever yeah well he actually like worked drawing those stripes oh my gosh <laughs> like so he knows he has some experience in movie animation and comic books and be a big conversation it would be uh-huh. i actually know yeah, he's I, a good guy i, I kind of tangentially know bob hall which he's a local theater guy but he also is a is a pretty well-known um comic book artist no. he's he's he drew spider-man for a while and some other oh, really? iron man yeah 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 so i should wow. i should ask him too like i don't know i don't know if he'd dish though i don't know we'll see yeah. i don't really know him that well but right but yeah it's like i don't know I have more. I have more of a critical eye of the Marvel thing, and I kind of I like I like Mar- so back to your your bring invoking Mark Maron into this. Like his critique is like it's just grown men, you know, wanting their superhero men, you know, like they're just grown people playing with toys, and it's it's in that it's infantilizing, you know, a whole group of people, and and I kind of get that, but then I'm like. But the new Kenobi series is out, and I can't wait to you know turn on my uh, Millennium Falcon LED light thing and watch Kenobi. You know, like I don't even know that he, and we'd have to have him on to ask him the question. But we I should think get it's, Mark Maron on. We should ask Maron if he'd come on. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but as I understand his position, it's more just that it's the the aspect of it eating up the landscape, even as it ex as it expands exponentially yeah. with platforms and things, you know, things like I, not only yeah. do I not know what show they're talking about, I don't know what they're taught, what they're watching it on. Right. <laughs> Tubi. What the hell is Tubi? You know, yeah. I mean like, yeah. but even despite that 
exponential growth the like the big franchises mcu star wars are overtaking that yeah yeah and it's really squeezing out actual innovation Mm. and actual thought provoking and he and you know like actual real like like where everything isn't tied up with a little bow and i'm not talking about like the cliffhanger at the end so that they make it make another movie yeah i mean the ending that is ambiguous and right. leaves you thinking for a month afterward like what the f-? you know not yeah. like it's, there's a difference between having that the you know week or month long internal or with friends talking about like well what did that mean to you and how does that affect yeah. us as a people and those kinds of discussion as opposed to just like well thor will be back Punk. right right or so, you know when chris hemsworth outgrows it will somehow put a new way to put another guy or gal in the suit right true i think you're i think you're right i i don't i don't necessarily though blame marvel because they're like well you know, if, if the Give first the people what they want, exactly. If the first yeah. phase of, of the Marvel movies were a total fucking flop, they'd stop. I and mean, maybe working for, you know, my brief time in local journalism where I got to see the stats of what people were actually reading on the web page on the news yeah. web page. Right. I mean, man, if we could get a Husker football player to do something stupid <laughs> or somebody the, to yeah somebody somebody the, burn down their own house and yeah, a mental, yeah, the cli- yeah yeah the clicks through the roof i mean that yeah. i got to see very graphically the truth of the expression if it bleeds it leads mm. but that's even but that's even different on the web version of things because if it bleeds it leads applies directly to print yeah because it's an editor it's a process to get that type setting the to get the article printed out and to a hundred thousand doorsteps you know in the morning like that's a very calculated thing and to get people to stop and buy buy the physical paper with the website it's different because people just click on whatever they want to click on Mm. and you could see how like what people were clicking on you could see how long they were staying on the article they could say what articles they went to after they clicked on an article Mm. you know yeah and the bottom line is that actual news two or three clicks, two or three readers at a time. Yeah. Things are actually important and that if affecting people's lives, trashy gossip shit off the charts. That's if you get, you get a Husker football football player in a sexual assault in one article, boom. Yeah. Thousands of people reading. Yeah. And sharing and all of that, all of that. Yeah. 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 And so that's, yeah. So is that, vacuity is that 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 um shallowness is that marvel's fault i don't think no, it, i mean it, no it's not no it, it's not it's that's i guess apparently human nature yes I mean, I, like i saw that irrefutably day after day but i like, also you, but i also can't i mean it's like to to say that well that's you know vapid or you know yeah like I, I, I i it's like well hold on you know like what are you listening to what are you reading what are you you know it's like to just sort of hey don't take 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 your inventory pal (laughs) i'm just saying like well to to other that is and say that's that's the downfall of of western civilization it's like no because here's the thing when and we've talked about it here it's like the idea that the that the movies are an escape from reality is as old as cinema itself true 
And if I, I mean, I can't be like, well, I'm a, I'm a theater artist. That doesn't happen to us. Total fucking bullshit. I just talked to this dude <laughs> the other a theater day that was like, artist. I'm just a guy with a microphone. And he's like, he's like, I went to New York. I'm like, what'd you see? And he's like, Phantom. I had to see Phantom. I'm like, Phantom. I'm glad you saw Phantom. But I'm like, Phantom of the fucking opera. You were in New York fucking city. And that's, you know, like, you know, so it's like, <laughs> well, but, it's like when, when you're in Anaheim, are you going to go to Disney World? 100%. <laughs> Disneyland. I'm gonna go. Yeah, to thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna go. See, I'm gonna go see the Angels play, not the you know the single A ball team down the road. You know. Oh sure. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you should go see the single A ball team down the road. I should go to a couple Salt Dogs games before the season's out. That's for that's sure. not a bad idea. We should hook that up. Let's make it happen. All right. Let's see if they're in town this week. Right. Um. But I. I don't know. I. But. Here's the other thing too. The industry, uh, it, it's we only uh, it has the ability and the and the the people and the money to support. I mean, it's it is pretty amazing that that Marcel the Shell with Shoes on movie got even widely distributed. It's amazing. To- that, that's what I'm saying. I can't believe that that wasn't that that was at the Grand at the Marcus Theater and not at the Reitman Ross Theater. Exactly. That blows yeah. my mind. And it's it's one of those like studio indie versions. It's like a twenty four. They might have been they might have been hoping for another chicken run or something like that, <laughs> which I love. Chicken run, but you know it's the Wallace yeah. and Gromit guy and and Mel Gibson doing the voice of yeah. You know, I, I it is amazing. <laughs> it's it's also like it is it is. I mean, I'm sure that that director and that that his whole team and his agent are like. Really, the, the the week we're gonna release this the same week as the new Thor movie. Thor movie, yeah, you know, right, yeah, um, yeah. It was funny. We were sitting there. We had the whole place to ourselves, and some kids that I'm sure were uh, screen hopping um, came out of Thor, and we're gonna bust into the weird Marcel the Shell movie. And they walked in like they were gonna, you know, yeah, cause a ruckus. And we're all just sitting there like watching, <laughs> and we'd all turn our heads to them, and they're like slowly scoot Back out of the way. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also like, I mean, going way back to something you said, it was like the the idea that that if there was ever a, an emotional conflict that w- required critical thinking and is the protagonist going to choose, you know, the wrong door and and be the fallen, you know, or, the you know, compromise their morals or values or, you know, um. I think it it opens a little bit of hope for I think people do crave that though even even Joe public right like that that you know wants to have some sort of I think they do if they were presented with a critical story like critical thinking like that would you know I have I don't know maybe I'm idealist but I have some hope that they would appreciate it appreciate maybe buy yeah. tickets to and take an evening to go do maybe yeah mm-hmm. but not when it not not when you can you know stream it to your home well, that's fine yeah. I, i'm all i love the home device streaming actually yeah I, and, and, you know I, it, this thing about like marcel versus thor that's <laughs> been going i mean that's really kind of <laughs> um david I mean, and that, goliath well, yes, hundred percent, and also like, I mean, you just go back to like, uh, you know, uh, whatever punk rock versus Bachman Turner Overdrive, right, right. 
Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, you yeah. know. Yeah. For those of you that don't know Bachman Turner, you know some of their songs. You've danced to them at weddings. Sure. Um, whatever, you know. I yeah. mean the the yeah, yeah. the independent, actual, and I say actual in quotes, art versus the corporate monolith uh, machine that foists uh, content on a public that is you know programmed to receive things like. A country music artist that sings like this. Well, that's the kind of music I like. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. If it doesn't sound like this, it ain't music. Yeah. If it doesn't sound like this, it ain't music. You know. Yeah. I'm going to sing in an earnest, low voice. And then I'm going to scream. <laughs> that's music. Yeah. Well, even Rage Against the Machine is the machine, though. If you've seen the recent... I... <laughs> Right. And that's, you know, well, I've, I've, again, they fall into a category for me of bands that came out when I was knee deep in the dead. And my first thought when I saw that was, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I can see how I watched a concert video of them in like Mexico City, I think, and it was intense. And I yeah, like yeah. respected that. Like, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Good on them. But also, like, I don't really want any part of that. Yeah, I, I watched a recent concert video of theirs. And here's the thing. They're playing huge arenas and they're yep. charging, you know, comparative ticket prices for all right. the things, right? Right. But they also have, I mean, their videos screen behind them are just like, you know, think say things like, you know, forced birth in the United States is, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, they're just like, they're, that's who they are. They're going to say yeah. those things. So it's like, well, if you have that, if you have that platform, there's still i still think that those folks like if you watch any of the behind the scenes stuff of john favreau making the mandalorian you see that he like is he's talking to dave filoni he's talking to george lucas and he's making it it's like these are still artists making shit it's the studios and the big investors that are saying we have right. to, you know they they see every cut they see every, every daily thing and they say that's not going to sell. There's not enough six pack abs in that. There's not a much, n- not as much TNA in that as we need. We need this, you know, and the, the music, the music uh, industry does that. The everything. Oh, sure. Of, well, you know. it's, all, it's all. Hey, how's my audio? Random aside. Am oh, I sounding okay to you? I'm great. How do I sound? You sound fine. There's just kind of a weird echo happening with my feed on my end. I'm not sure what's up with that. I hope it's not ruining it for everybody. Not that well, anybody's listening at this point, but. <laughs> I think uh, Disney probably heard us right you know, bagging on them over the internet, so they're fucking with us. <laughs> you say that kind of jesting, jokingly, but buddy, it's not that far away. I know. I, I, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Think it's not illegal yet. I mean, yeah that that is the issue though too. Is that like. You know, I'm a fucking college professor for crying out loud. And the idea of having to fight for justification of critical thinking mm-hmm. is becoming even more mm-hmm. of an uphill battle, you know? Well, so because, here's go ahead. I've just, I was going to rip. Well, on that. I mean, you're familiar with Noam Chomsky. Yes. I don't right. know why, though. Like, is he I went through a writer? No, he's an MIT professor i believe okay. it's um but uh he's uh you know a very um he's a 
intellectual dissident. So he'll, you know, obviously be the first one up against the wall. But right. uh, he's a prof- he's a laureate professor of linguistics at the University of in- Arizona and institute professor emeritus at, at, at MIT. Okay. So he's got some credentials. Sure, I guess. But he's his. I went through a not Chomsky phase a decade or so ago because I just was like, oh my god, this guy actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. And one of you should uh, just there's a YouTube. It's there's a video that he put out or somebody put out. Uh, it's basically one of his lectures, but on the idea that the only way in this country or the main way to affect you know the mass population is through mass media. Mm-hmm. And as what we've witnessed in the last, oh, I don't know, decade or so, how effective something like, oh, I don't know, a pseudo news channel can be at affecting the population. Yeah. And that's undeniable. Yeah. Um, and Chomsky called that 20 years ago, more yeah. even by mm-hmm. Vietnam era. Um, mm-hmm. And he's been talking about it pretty regularly since then. Um mm-hmm. And it goes back to the idea of like, this is one of the ideas, like, for example, in a country like, oh, say China, if the government wishes to do something or whoever's actually in power uh, wishes to do something and there's a percentage of the population that stands up and says, we don't want that. We don't think you should do that. They just kill them or imprison Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. It's very clean. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not a problem. (laughs) They just kill them. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this country, you can't, I mean, you you can't do it on that scale. Yeah. So what tools do you have? And the tools are mass media mm-hmm. going back to exactly what we were talking about earlier, which is that, and Andy Warhol said this too, it's like movies tell you how to, to, to look movies, tell you how to think movies, tell you how to feel in a certain uh, situation. They tell you what actions to take in a certain situation. It's like, if you want to the, uh, I mean, I guess there's the Bible and other things like that, but most people are going to go to, you know, the, t- the movie characters they like and that well, sort of thing. That, well, that's what, I mean, I, I learned about the Bible specifically through other people's interpretation and yep. childhood cartoon versions and Bible school animations and all of that shit. I mean, it was like, you know, you can't just give a five-year-old uh, lamentations and right. you know what I mean? Right. Right. Like right. That, there is veggie I mean, tales. Right. And that's why veggie tales. I like veggie tales. I like veggie tales. Fuck veggie tales. Oh my god, <laughs> that was wrong with you. <laughs> but uh, it, it, you know, it's interesting too. And this is going back to your your point about like mass media and what can happen with that, and the characterization or the entertainment value of people that are talking about politics or whatever. Alex Jones is gonna is his trial is gonna start right now about oh. about all of the things that he said about Sandy Hook, right? Right. He's, he's on the hook for that shit. And he, there's already so. there's already a legal precedent for him though because he claimed that he was a character, he was oh. playing a character, mm-hmm. and therefore he's not necessarily liable for that. He was he was being a character on TV and on the radio. Well, we'll see what the jury says. I I don't know. I mean, I think that four years ago, five years ago, he might have gotten away with that. I don't know that. I don't know. I, I I'm not trying to be hopeful. I just think that it's a tipping point with our recent pre our most, you know, mm-hmm. former president Trump saying and doing things that like it, the, the, there's a little bit of the veil lifted of like, so I don't, I I'm very, I'm the January six hearings. That's the whole thing. I'm very interested just as a, as a, a, a theater guy, just as a sure. uh, an actor, like, can he claim that? 
Because that's that we'll opens find a whole out. other can of worms. Yeah, we'll find out. Very I don't. I, I don't think that a sitting president can claim that. No, I don't. I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. Although, if if it goes the other way, and Alex Jones says, "Well, I was playing a character, and here's the precedent, and here's all the thing I was being a character," then fucking why why couldn't trump say that i was playing a character for tv because that's what the president is you and i wouldn't disagree with that well that that, that he has a fucker has a point <laughs> you know yeah he's like he got cast in the role mm-hmm. and yeah. that and that he could that's just it that's his out he's he could play himself as as the victim mm-hmm. of this uh, well it's, it's he's already done it the political witch hunt and yep. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I don't know. We're so fucked. <laughs> I can't wait Just, to see the new Thor. And I really can't wait I can't, for some of the I, I really can't wait for some of the new uh Star Wars uh uh situations to come out. But well I'm also go ahead. I'm also reading and well, I'm listening to a new audio Star Wars audiobook, and that there's a little, you know, there's critical thinking there. No, okay. there's not. I'm critically thinking about you right now. <laughs> thinking critically about my friend and his star wars fetish hey i'm also going to direct um a a play this fall where i work um called the the thanksgiving play by larissa fast horse fast Uh horse um it is a scathing and hilarious satire about whiteness when it comes to indigenous uh, storytelling and the, oh. the myth of Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. So Larissa, Fa- Larissa Fast Horse is a uh, uh, a native uh, playwright who wrote this play, and it's it you know it's written for a white cast, and it is it is this you know neoliberal school that wants to put on a very authentic indigenous story oh my god that's gonna be awesome and it is and i I have not laughed out loud reading a play in a long time and this is like so i read i listen to my star wars but i'm also tackling this and this could go a lot of ways okay (laughs) well really bad so i'm i'll i'm i'm here for it i'm there for it (laughs) i can't wait to see that because it sounds amazing because i there's so many things like there's so much material there there is. And here's the thing. It's like, you know, do what you can in your little corner of the world. I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, there is still a place for that. And this is the case for higher education and, 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 you know, the academy. Well, well that's it, why, that's why it has to be dismantled. Yeah. Because this is like the last bastion holdout of mm-hmm. po- the, any possibility of critical thinking. Agreed. Which but is my, why it must be dismantled. Right. My recent institution, you know, um, a couple years ago, got rid of the philosophy department. So, you know, we're not, we're not in cool. any sort of, oh, boy. well, it, that it goes back to the, uh, the movie idiocracy. Yeah. Oh God. Where, you know, just an ass on screen is considered entertainment. I had no idea that that was going to be so prophetic when it came, when I saw right. it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it was satire without even really knowing what it was making fun of yet. And that's and that just puts a, a point on my thing with like Thor four. Yeah, it's like eventually we're just going to go watch an ass on screen. 
just an ugly male hairy ass and it's going to be entertainment frank zappa called it out in joe's garage pretty soon mm-hmm. we'll be dancing to loading zone announcements the white zone is for loading and unloading only oh yeah well, but that was because music was made illegal but that's another tangent well you know some countries it is stranger things have happened uh-huh right well if it sounds like this then it'll play on the radio go have go buy another beer and and i wonder if there's like go this, go beat up some minorities there's this case for actual uh, that, what's that what's that ghostbusters quote actual human contact like i wonder if there's you know like there 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 could be this really and that's maybe that's the hope of like this this hurling towards fascism is that there will at least in the last gasp before we all burn up in the sun or right yeah that we do get some good punk rock shit right yeah maybe we'll get some good punk rock out of it yeah i mean think about reagan in the 80s and all the good punk that came out of that shit like well so well so we will we'll we'll really be rocking out as we're looking for water yeah as we're dying right that's you know we get maron was talking to somebody this week and they're talking about like california is out of water yeah 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 so where are those people gonna go We'll have, we'll, we'll have California. Can you imagine like people wearing <laughs> people, refugees from California coming to, oh, I don't know, Nebraska and saying, Grand they're from Cal- yeah, and saying they're from California, what kind of reception they're going to get? Oh. They're going to get shot on site. It's going to look like the end of a Stephen King novel. It's going to look like the stand. Ooh. Right. Yeah. You, oh, wait, so you're a liberal from California, can't get your own water? Coming we here should to take my walls. Coming here to take my water? Fuck walls. We're just going to shoot them. <laughs> I, I love tell, your ability to. I, I'll tell me, never. Tell me that's outside of the realm of possibility. It's not. It's totally Especially not. Especially with the, with the police and the courts just saying, oh, they were from California, couldn't have their own water. Fuck them. Well, yeah. Can you imagine the look on people from California's face right now when they drive through Lincoln, Nebraska during a rainstorm and there's fucking sprinklers going off? Right. Yeah. I may have underground sprinklers, but at least mine have a sensor that there's a technically been enough rain from whatever metric you want to pick. It doesn't run them. So I can go to sleep at night knowing that that's fine now. I don't even water. I don't water my lawn. I don't do it. And I, I have to. I have to. HOA. I I haven't read it, but if you look, you've seen my neighborhood. Uh-huh. You used to look at the lawns. I mean Ah, the herd. The herd oh, has I'm I'm not gonna be the guy with that lawn. What would happen if you turned into one of those 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 lawns that were just like wildflowers? Pollin- and- yeah, pollinator havens. Well, I I don't know. I'd probably get a sternly word letter from the HOA. Probably. I bet you I would too. But you know what? It doesn't matter. We don't need to do that anymore because the monarchs are almost extinct anyway. Oh my God. I saw that fucking art dude. What the fuck? Yeah. Monarchs are almost extinct. So, so why bother? (laughs) I mean, I guess I can plant some milkweed. (laughs) 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 But Hey, let's just go watch some Thor. You know what? Let's go watch some Thor. I was going to ride my bike today, but I think I'm going to stay home and watch Thor again just to get, just to really work my brain out. Sure. Whatever. 
go see Marcel the Shell with. I, I will see Marcel the Shell. Yeah. Yeah, and anybody out there, see it. Watch them. Watch the little snippets on YouTube to get some context. But sure. you don't even need to do that. Just go see it, or when it comes out, it's it's a beautiful story about life, I guess. Sure. Um, yeah, I love it. So support support critical thinking, I guess. Support critical. What a concept. Support <laughs> critical thinking, not critical race theory. No, that's. that's- I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. I don't like it. If it means they're going to get some of mine, I'm against it. Yeah, I I saw this this anecdotally. Somebody recently talking about the reason the the, there's an interesting thing about critical race theory in schools. And one of the reasons why it's just like, yeah, uh, I don't want my kids to learn about. I don't want them to feel bad about slavery. Right. And and the Mm -hmm. other point is that like, but part of that story is white abolitionists so you also don't want your kids to know that there was such a thing as white people, people that stood up bought against slavery yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's the that's the that's the message they don't want kids to know yeah they're gonna that's learn about probably slavery. actually closer to the truth yeah that, that there mm-hmm. was a huge amount of white folks in the world that were abolitionists not to like pat white people on the back but at the same time it's like you don't want you really don't want your white kids to find out that they could you know, stand up, stand for, up. For, for somebody besides themselves. Yeah. Right. Right. Cool. Cool. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we solved anything. But we this, did not. Jesus. But I think I think that this particular topic is interesting because I think it was on the original Google sheet of topics that we would talk about when we started a podcast. That's interesting. I'll have yeah. to go back and look at it. I haven't looked at that for a while. Yeah. Reach out to your uh, comment. Yeah, I, I will. Yeah, I'll reach out to him. See if he wants to come on the mic. He's one of our OG, one of our OG listeners. So thanks for listening, Brian. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Word. Well, enjoy your comic book thing. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to. All right. I was going to go on a long bike ride and listen to my Star Wars book on audio tape. Audio uh-huh. tape. Uh, audio. Tape. Gonna, yeah, I was going to put on you a cassette. <laughs> uh, but maybe I'll listen to the Grateful Dead. And That's I'm going to take. I'm going to try to take a tour to Lincoln and ride the trails all the way around. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't do that. Cause I got this thing. I, my knee is acting up. I have a bursa. What the fuck's a bursa? I'd show you, but it, it's just, a, it's a f- 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 words. It's a sack of fluid uh, on the outside of my knee cap. Oh between... no. Yeah. It's not great. That's so I can't a... ride. I can't ride a bike for a while. Do you have to get it lanced? I did that once and it came back and the ortho guy's like, I'm not going to lance it again. You need to alter your activities. So, because each time you lance it, then you run the risk of introducing infection. Right. And then you're just buying a trip to the, to the OR is how he put it. So, right. So it doesn't hurt. It's just weird. And I can't ride my bike, which is super annoying because it's the only form of activity that I exercise that I actually enjoy. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I like yoga and I like riding my bike. It's the only thing that I actually look forward to. Right. I get it. Get, hop back on the yoga horse. That's something uh, I, I love. Do. I love my yoga horse. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. His name is Asana. And uh, oh, I like, I like nice. riding him. <laughs> Asana. Anyway. All right. Well, I, love right. You, I love don't you think too. we fixed anything, but no, you know, hope- you know, Hey, as a call to action to everybody out there, See something weird. 
go see something see, weird go see a local band go see uh eddie pepitone tonight at the funny or not the funny bone to the zoo bar oh eddie, uh you know comedian go go see some local theater you know yeah say, just say no to the big corporate movie go see marcel the shell yeah as you know we get ready to go see the big corporate concerts I can't. I'm counting, I'm counting down the days to see Pearl Jam in St. Louis. So, see, there you have it. Cool. All, All right. right. Love you, buddy. Love you too. Later. Bye. You come through the door like a bag of rocks. Wounded all the time I'm inside the room With the TV on mute Screaming, Elijah Elijah, don't you call Oh God, don't you call I steal out the window like I'm using the door Whispering wheels outside Turn into statues of you, fangs exposed Breathing fire Elijah, don't you call Oh God, don't you call Locate the coffin, the curlery All distract Gabriel, it's your destiny After all, just go, don't you ever look back Kiss me again, don't you listen to the voices in the past they lie, oh, they lie, they lie. When you see the light, don't you dare go in, find your way back to Wind upon the gate When the gate swings back and forth That's the sign That we are never coming back Once the signal's been fired When you're in the room I'm under the bed I am inside your soul I cover your mouth And my hands are just as I scream Elijah, Elijah, come down Come and take your reward mm. Locate the coffin, peculiar ring. 
distract Gabriel It's your destiny After all, just go Don't you ever look back Kiss me again And don't you listen To the voices in the past They lie Run away from Don't forget, toot your hooter.